Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. My name is Rory O'Hagan. We are here until 7pm and we have an absolutely cracking show coming your way tonight. We're going to have reaction from Cork's narrow defeat to Dublin. It was an absolute cracker down in Porky Cueve in front of a big crowd. Aidan he's going to report on that when we get some post-match audio, uh, reaction uh, from John Cleary in just a little bit. We're going to wrap up all today's action as well. Good win for Man Manchester United today in the Premier League as they moved to within a couple of points of Manchester City in second place and the latest episode of Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mikahi and this one guys is an absolute cracker it's a half an hour of just chat laughs and stories with the legend the 18 time All-Ireland winner Breach Corkery don't miss him So we have a lot to cover over the next hour. Delighted you could join us. I uh, would love to get your texts into us if you are coming back from Parky Quay Van that Cork game. We'd love to know your thoughts. If you'd like to give us a shout, uh, text or WhatsApp 086-8104-106. We would absolutely love to hear from you. We are going to start in Parky Quay, Aidan. Uh, had a full-time report on today's game. Full-time here in Parky Quay between Cork and Dublin in the National Football League Division 2. Oh, so close for Cork. Brian Hurley almost winning it at the day. It was David O'Hanlon in the Dublin goal palming the shot onto the crossbar. That could have been it for Cork and what a victory it would have been. Unfortunately not to be. Matty Taylor with a fantastic goal in the second half for Cork but it's a, plenty of talking points will be after the game about those two red cards. One for Ian Maguire, two very soft yellows and a straight red card for Lee Gannon for it with a coming together with Sean Powter also. Brian Hurley fantastic for Cork picking up man of the match here. Eight points but unfortunately it just was not enough. It's full time I'm here in Parky Cueve between Cork and Dublin it's finished Cork 2-10 Dublin 18 points yeah really enjoyable game down in Parky Cueve unfortunately Dublin getting the win but Cork ever ever so close uh, going to hear more from Aidan just uh, a little bit elsewhere in Division 1 today Ross Common have beaten Armagh 112 to 12 points Monaghan defeating Donegal 120 to 15 points and uh, Galway beating Tyrone today 16 points to 13 in Division 1 of the League of Ladies National Football League it's defeat for Cork today losing out to Galway in Salt Hill uh, the Westerners winning 115 to 4-4 Donegal has slipped to a fourth successive defeat Walford uh, winning their 297 points in letter Kenny in football and Marcus Rashford is in red hot form two more goals again for him today as United beat Leicester Peter Smith United 3 Leicester nil. Marcus Rashford fired United ahead in the first half that had seen Leicester create plenty with De Gea making some important saves from Barnes and Iheanacho but two goals in five minutes ultimately extinguished Leicester's resistance VAR scrutiny ruled Rashford marginally onside as he made it 24 for the season and substitute Jadon Sancho made it 3 after an interchange with Fernandes as United maintain pursuit of the top 2 Manchester United 3 Leicester 0 yeah, great win and a great performance there for Manchester United this afternoon. Um, elsewhere, uh, Tottenham are 2-0 up on West Ham, 74 minutes on the clock. Emerson had put Spurs ahead and Sung Young Min has just scored the second there for Spurs. So that's Tottenham uh, to West Ham nil is how things stand there at the moment. And uh, a win for Spurs today. We'll see them up into the Champions League places. Uh, elsewhere in golf, John Ram, the man's cap ahead of the final round of the PGA Tours Genesis Invitational 
He is on 15 under par in California and uh, he's three shots clear of the chasing pack. Seamus Power best of the Irish on five under after a four under par round of 67 last night. Uh, snooker Sean Murphy and Robert Milkins are level of four frames apiece in the Welsh Open final after the opening session today. It's best of 17 so they'll play to a finish in Clandidno later on this evening. And in athletics and uh, earlier on today Dundalk sprinter Israel Olatunde has broken the Irish uh, 60 metres record at the 123.e National Senior Indoors, representing UCD, the 20-year-old clocked time of uh, 6.57. What a time to take the national title. That's beaten uh, Paul Hessian's record of 6.61, which has stood for the last 16 years. So incredible stuff from Israel Olatunde today. Uh, speaking of athletics, I was down in Carrigline today for the Eagle AC Tommy Ryan Memorial 5-mile race. It was an exceptionally well-organised race. Um, a really, really enjoyable morning down there. Um, bit of a hilly course. <laughs> I don't not like hills. Uh, but I got around there in the end. But look, just great atmosphere and great buzz around the place. So congratulations to everyone at Eagle AC. We had them on a couple of weeks ago to, to preview the race. We had our Rory and Karen on from Eagle AC and uh, they were absolutely delighted with how the race went today. And uh, congratulations as well to my own club, Watergrass Hill, who they, the amazing ladies team of Colette, Laura and Sarah taking uh, the uh, women's prize today after just three exceptional runs so congratulations indeed to Watergrass Hale and friend of the show Lizzie Lee winning the, uh, the women's race and going under 28 minutes as well um, the Olympian um, so uh, fantastic race in there and it's good to, uh, to chat to Lizzie Lee afterwards as well but congratulations to uh, everyone at Eagle AC today for an absolutely cracking cracking race alright um, just before we came on air um, I got a chance to speak to Aidan about Cork's clash with Dublin today and that uh, narrow, narrow defeat. Uh, plenty of positives to take from a Cork perspective. Uh, Aidan is currently uh, getting uh, post-match audio for us and uh, here's what Aidan had to say about the game. Aidan Leahy joins me on the line now and Aidan, that was thrilling stuff in Porky Cueve. Um Dublin just about getting out with a win but Cork put it up to them right until the very end there. An absolutely fantastic game here, Rory, you know, and uh, two sides that... I suppose people were fearing the worst here. You know, you never know what you're going to get from Dublin because we haven't exactly seen the full strength of them yet in this league campaign. But this was a fantastic test, you know. And Cork went absolutely toe-to-toe with them, you know. And look, at two red cards really in the second half were a bit... They were strange, to say the least. You know, I think the red card for Ian McGuire, two very soft yellows, especially the second. And uh, then a red card for Lee Gannon, who... Also, it was probably quite unlucky to see a straight red for that coming together with yeah. Sean Potter. I've just seen Brian Hurley getting man of the match, which tells the tale of, of the game, really, because he got eight points for Cork today. And it just shows that Cork were so, so competitive going forward. And like you said, right at the end there, Brian Hurley almost stealing it. It was a great save by David O'Hanlon in the end. He got a hand to it to touch it onto the crossbar. It could have been a last-minute winner for Cork. But like that, John Cleary's men will take a lot of, a lot of positives out of this performance here. Yeah, um, like yourself, uh, I thought both yellow cards were hard, harsh. I was watching it on TG Car here in the office, and um, like the the yellow card for Ian Maguire, there's nothing in it whatsoever. Um, so to show a yellow card and subsequently a red card for Ellen, I thought was very very harsh. Lee Gallon's one as well, I thought was a little bit harsh as well. So, I mean, like it could have potentially ruined a very good game, but um, when both sides are down to fourteen, both sides went out of hammer and tongs. But I think those decisions, Aiden, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny on those yellow cards. 
yeah, I think the first yellow card for Ian McGuire in the first half, it's it's a foul that you see made almost every five minutes in the game, you know, or fair enough, it's in an attacking position. But I think it's a very, it's definitely a cheap yellow card. I think it's a harsh yellow card. And the second one, like, barely a tug in the jersey, out near the sideline almost. Um, now, it was scoreable for Dean Rock in the end. But yeah, it's just very, very soft, you know, and uh, like... There's been a lot of discussion in hurling about the refereeing, but I mean that was that was very soft from from a football refereeing point of view. And the red card then for Lee Gannon, I don't know, as the referee maybe trying to even things up there, as you often see in these types of games. But like that, it was a great decision from a, from a fan's point of view, from a neutral point of view, because that actually led to a really really open game and the goal by Matty Taylor in the second yeah. half. What an absolute! rifle a, a screamer of a goal into the top corner it came from down that side of the pitch as well when Lee Gannon had, had vacated it and it's strange to see Dublin not being able to deal with it but Rory Dean must take a lot of credit who kept the ball alive kept going slipped in the pass to Matty Taylor an absolutely excellent finish from the wing back but uh, yeah it was uh, really really open then for the rest of the second half things tightened up a bit towards the end they exchanged a few points each side and two goal mode scrambles then in the end for Cork who just could not get that green flag that they wanted to mm. steal victory away from Dublin here I don't want to use the term moral victory because John clearly so, certainly won't be using that in the um, the dressing rooms this evening but there's a lot of positives to take from a Cork perspective from that performance not least in the fact that they kept going for 70 odd minutes today and just gave it 110% yeah, 66 minutes, I think, is a big example of that. Mar Shanley makes an unbelievable effort to block a goal that would have killed off the game for Dublin. And I think the likes of the performances from Brian O'Driscoll as well, who didn't get a score himself, but was involved in so much of the play. Like you said, John Cleary, there's, there's no, I'll be honest with you, Rory, there's no time for more victories here in Division 2 of the National League because if Cork don't finish in the top half of the division, up against Kerry then, and don't, not making eventual final you're into the Talchin Cup there's no time for moral victories you have to be getting points on the board but like that I don't think you would ever be earmarking Dublin for those points I think they've gotten two points out of six now which maybe would have been around what you would have worked out for this Cork side to be having but like that now for the rest of the games these are all championship games for Cork you know because it will it's the difference between them playing Sam McGuire and Talchin Cup so going forward Yes, they'll be able to take loads out of it. The physical point of view, the, you know, like when you look at it, then, you know, seven wides in the first half, some very poor ones as well, and some poor wides. Brian Hurley had a chance, really poor wide, to level matters uh, deep into the second half as well. So that's the difference. You've got to take those chances. It was a difficult breeze around here in Parky Creeve, yeah. but there was chances there for Cork to win this game. That's the positive. But like that, going into the rest of the games now in this division, they have to be winning them. There's no other choice but to win these games. You've got to win your home games as well. And that starts next week against Limerick, which is now, after today's result, a massive, massive game, Aiden. Uh, the loser goes into the Telchin Cup, really, I would imagine. Or that, well, if Limerick can make a provincial final on the other side of the draw, they're very lucky from that point of view. But uh, it's a huge game. Cork have to win it. There's no bones about it. You know, It is a must-win game. And like that... The fact that they've only come away losing by two points here with a massive performance and a nice big crowd in here as well, that's going to be on after the hurling. Hopefully a big crowd stay on after the hurling match because we've often seen crowds leave after after the Cork hurlers play first if, if in, in a double header. But hopefully with a big crowd, Cork will need every single one of them to get over the line against Limerick. I don't think people understand how important a game it is. The Every two points now for Cork are crucial in this division in the National Football League. Yeah, it's absolutely massive. Um, we'll let you go down and get some post-match audio. Thanks for that. We'll chat you in a bit. Thanks a minute.
Yeah, that's Aidan Lee there speaking uh, to me just after uh, the full-time whistle went on Cork's uh, narrow defeat to Dublin. But as we were mentioning, plenty of positives to take. But look, massive, massive games keep on coming and a big game again for the Rebels next week. Uh, let's get a report um, from the Premier League as uh, Tottenham have gone uh, 2-0 up. Let's hear from Nigel Bidmeter. Tottenham 2, West Ham United 0, the home side well in control of this game following a second goal of the game by the substitute, Hume Min Son hadn't been on the pitch for very long but he ran onto a through ball and slotted it expertly past Fabianski in the West Ham goal they scored their first goal on 56 Ben Davis, the right wing back setting up the left wing back or rather the right wing back setting up the left wing back, Emerson Royale who was unmarked and he scored his second goal of the season with a first time shot, to West Ham Alright, let's get some reaction uh, from Porky Cueve now. Uh, John Cleary speaking to the assembled media. This is what uh, the Cork boss had to say. Uh, sure, look, uh, we're, we're first of all, the thing is, is we're very disappointed. The lads are very disappointed inside there. Uh, we came back, I thought we deserve to get something out of it. But look, we didn't in the end. Maybe Dublin's bit of experience there in the end. Uh, you know, they, they got their scores maybe a slight bit easier at the end of the game. But look, I'd be intensely proud of the lads there. The game could have went away for us there after half time, and, and we were down to 14. They kept battling and battling, and, and you know, we got ourselves back in the game. And look, we'd have a crossbar that we weren't going home with the two points. So, but overall, you know. Uh, some encouraging uh, performances some encouraging play but a uh, lot of learnings today and, and th- I think that's the big thing for us Maybe last year you last played 12 or 13 today it was just two and a kick of a ball between it so yeah, like, of progress. I, I would hope so. Yeah, like I think we're in a better position, and 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 you know we probably have more work done and more work done in our structure, and um, you know we were beaten, well beaten last year. So this is this is where we're trying to get to. We know we're not there yet, but look, it's it's another small step. Uh, but having said that, though, Limerick is the most important thing now. That all we're looking at from this evening on is is next Sunday here and the two points that are on offer. What do you think of the sending off decision, Teddy Farrell? I wouldn't. soft. I, I, soft has been kind to it now really you know what I mean like if if those type of things are going to go on to the championship I wouldn't think that that referee would get many games up in the dark anyway you know if, if, if you're going to get sendings off like that and, and both of them like were, 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 were fierce harsh altogether you know what I mean I, I don't know is, is was there a new ruling today or whatever but uh, it, they didn't seem to me like any sending off both of them wasn't that kind of game sure wasn't not at all no no no, no, no. Not, yeah, like hard as well for yeah. Sort of stuff. yeah, correct. Yeah, like and and, and look, um, you know, it's 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 getting on to like when the championship starts, like you know, it would be blood and thunder or whatever. And and I suppose every year, maybe at the start of the league, there's there's different, you know, soft cards and soft sending offs. And look, that was it today. Look, I thought the ref was fair, uh, but as I said, some of the decisions were uh, were a bit bizarre on both sides. So like, I wouldn't be blaming the, the ref for the defeat today. You know, is the biggest positive the fact you kicked some poor wage You should have won today. Absolutely, yeah. and and again, that's what we've got to work on. Um, definitely, I. I I know it was 13 or 14 wides we had with seven and a half time and um, and some of them were, were shooting a small bit under pressure so that's back to the drawing board now and, 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 and hopefully we can we can brush up on that and, and maybe not miss as many of them the next time yeah you seem, you seem well able to create goal chances as well you had to be, could add more 
Could have, yeah. I think with about five goal chances. And, and, and in fairness, all this league, we've been creating goal chances, you know. Um, scored two of them against Kildare, and we didn't score any against Meath, but we had four goal chances. So, um, yeah, it, it's, but like when you get them, then you must you must convert a, a high proportion of them. And, and uh, we didn't. And, and ultimately, that's why we're, we don't have the two points going home this evening. The job, John, the next I suppose is to continue Newbridge and continue today next weekend and just keep backing it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um I think maybe look what we were trying to drill into the lads all all since we started was, you know, consistency and putting layer and layer and and every day we go out no matter what the opposition or whatever that we still play the same way. Um like against meat we felt we didn't play poorly but two or three or four big moments let us down and maybe the same today like uh, you know the last day was uh, missing the goals today was missing the scores and uh, but look we're a work in progress and hopefully we can go back to the drawing board now during the week and work on those and and, and someday you, you know you won't get them all but look if we can improve and and uh, you know try and get up the table uh, over the next couple of weeks Colin Manny came off in the Sigerson final yeah he doesn't he's going for a scan there uh, tomorrow so um, we'll know more after that. Is it leg, ankle? Do you yeah, hamstring, yeah. Hamstring. yeah it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look good at the moment from his point of view. So, uh, But look, we'll wait till we get the, the, the definite answer back on that, chap. Yeah, I wish Carl a very speedy recovery. That's uh, John Cleary speaking after uh, today's defeat. You hear a bit of disappointment that he didn't win the game. Uh, and as Aid mentioned, uh, a lot of wides for Cork in that game. So look, plenty to be positive about, plenty to work on um, uh, for the Rebels. Uh, let's hear from John's counterpart. Let's hear from the Dublin boss, Desi very hard earned two points there today yeah it was um, tough um, to use the old cliche of course uh, we knew it was going to be um, Cork were much improved in their second outing against Kildare and particularly in Newbridge um, they obviously remedied a lot of their issues and challenges that they had the first day against Mead um, much more solid at the back very compact uh, hard to break down and trying to hit you on counters you know so it's sort of played out the way we thought um, and yeah look at, at the end of the day we're just happy to, to get two points on the road particularly coming to a place like uh, Cork against a very decent outfit like that A point up at half time did you feel somewhat fortunate in that position considering the goal chances that they had in the first half? Yeah they, they definitely um, created a couple of goal chances in the first half so yeah we were we were happy um, a bit of a breeze there as well but it, it wasn't significant enough to be a, a three or four point type of uh, breeze you know so you're it was going to make maybe kickouts a little bit easier or transition the ball uh, from from defense to attack that that bit easier but still there was going to be scores going to begging and it was a case of who, who was going to get them both sides finished with 14 you lost Lee Gannon for a second yellow card what was your, your view of the incident yeah look I thought the two sending offs were a little bit soft but they balanced each other out in, in terms of one, one from each side um, you know I just from our own perspective um, with, with Cork having got a red card you're always on guard then you know you have to be very very disciplined and uh, you know just we'd be disappointed that we ended up um, equal in the numbers there unnecessarily so yeah it's Desi uh, Farrell there speaking after uh, today's um, win over Cork and uh, his views on the yellow cards uh, one for Lee Maguire and one for Lee Gannon both of which uh, looked very very soft um, but it's ended up in a win for Dublin but plenty of positives to take from a Cork perspective uh, Spurs still, still tuning up on West Ham 89 minutes on the clock there going to take a quick break 
a fantastic episode of Hear Me Roar is up next. Um, Valerie Mulcahy speaking to her friend, her colleague, her teammates, the legendary 18-time All-Ireland winner, Bridge Corkery. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Spurs still tuning up on Wolves. That's uh, into the last minute there. Right, time for Hear Me Roar, which is our uh, series which has been running the last number of weeks with Cork legend Valerie Mulcahy. Um, it's been a thoroughly enjoyable process working with Valerie and working with the legends that she has had on. That's Anita Puspure, Louise Shanahan, and this week uh, we have Breed Corkery, the 18th time, 18-time All-Ireland winner, an absolute legend and uh, as you will hear in this conversation with Valerie, one of the nicest people you will ever meet. Um, the two of them just had a great time catching up, reminiscing, remembering uh, and there were some plenty of stories, plenty of laughs. This um, I've thoroughly enjoyed working on this, putting it together and uh, just even just listening to it. It's thoroughly enjoyable. So um, we are going to have the first part of the Breach Corkery chat uh, with Valerie because there's just so much content in here we couldn't keep it to one episode. So part two will be next week. This is part one of Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy with special guest, the 18-time All-Iron winner, Breach Corkery. What makes sports women tick? What motivates us? What inspires us? Who is the person behind the athlete? My name is Valerie Mulcahy. I'm a 10-time All-Ireland winner with Cork and a six-time All-Star. Now I'm turning host and talking to some of Cork's greatest sports stars or those who have a strong connection with Cork. In this series, I'm speaking to six inspiring athletes to find out their answers to these questions. This is Hear Me Roar with Valerie Mulcahy. I got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing through the fire, cause I am a champion. Today is a holder of 18 All-Ireland titles, 11 in football and 7 in camogie. She has won 16 All-Stars and along with Rena Buckley was named Sportswoman of the Year in 2015. Hi, I'm Breed Carkery and you're listening to Hear Me Roar on Carkstreet FM. Eamon called me Breed for always and ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he never really called me Breed, I'd say, only in the text message. Yeah. Breed has always been an inspiration to all of her teammates through her committed performances in the Red Shirt of Cork and her willingness to put her body on the line again and again. I spoke to Breach about her career, playing both codes to an exceptionally high level and plenty more. But first, we reminisce about training at the farm, which is right next to Cork's Red FM. How does it feel considering uh, you're looking down on the farm in the Curraheen where we used to go training for most of our days I'd say you were here five nights a week were you once <laughs> yeah I think uh, Rena. I'd say Mary O'Connor Angela myself I'd say and Regina Courtney I'd say we spent 
most of our lives here for the first I'd say when we started off first I think yeah. um, I'd say five six nights a week down here it was I'd my, the same parking space over by the cabins uh, and then they put another cabin in there and took my parking space <laughs> I was very put out <laughs> they never asked me for my parking space yeah just they not have it uh, have paint and green onto the floor yeah, for you know? I know no. reserved special special president or yeah no what? nothing just they had to be done so I had to change my spot so but uh, I'm a creature hammered like that. Yeah. Do you like, have any memories of the farm? Like looking out onto the pitch, say, there from the studio. Well, what comes to mind? Um, I suppose definitely, I think it was one of our, our first training sessions back in 2005. Eamon did a fitness test with us. He, get us. he got us to do three laps of the... The bigger pitch, so the pitch we used to always train the lower pitch like. Yeah. He got us to do three laps of the whole lot of that. So right. you kind of went down around the back as well, down the rough area, you know. Yeah. And back around. Do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. He got us to do three of those. Um, my God, if he asked me, no, I'd probably collapse at a half a lap. But, <laughs> but why, why do you remember that? Because for you, that would have been a very easy thing. Well, that's my memory. Like you, well, not even my memory, but I know you just were a runner. Like I think if you actually were put on the starting line of a marathon, you could actually run it um, and complete it. Yeah, I suppose. Do you know? Maybe so. I don't know why that always stands out in my mind. Yeah. But I, I suppose I was. I never did that kind of fitness thing up to that. Well, I, I know I did. I suppose with the camogie with Jim McCarthy and a few more, we did a lot of running. Yeah. Um, but that was very different. It was very like, whoa, three laps of that. And yeah. I remember everyone was like, like right around, like as in around, around all the pitches. And he was like, yes, around all the pitches. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, probably my biggest memory. I think we was trained mostly in the Maradike. We didn't really train in the farm really up to the start of 2005. Am I correct in that? I'd say 2004, we did a lot more in kind of Dunamore and stuff like that. Yeah, and in the Camogie, okay. we was training the Maradike. Okay. So I think this was probably, that was probably my first memory of down here. And then, do you, would you consider the farm the, your home, like in terms of Cork football? Because that's uh, where, like, I'd consider that home. I remember we got offered to go to CIT, but the facilities were better in CIT, say, but we had this raw for here because it was like our spot and maybe yeah. the fami- familiarity of it oh I definitely would have said this is home like every yeah. time I pass it I'd even be like god I miss I miss training there yeah. um, and you know I'm living not too far from here now yeah. um, and I'd be like geez I, I should really try and you know ask could I make a bit more use of it or you know something like that because it's you know such good memories and um, the horrible slogs we just have to do here too yeah. Um but I suppose as well, like, obviously, I was going to be 10 minutes late for every train session. I'd be painted up by the time I get to the warm up. But <laughs> Well, to talk about memories, like, mine of you is one morning you were late. Well, many mornings you may have been late, right? But you were running up anyway. I think Shane or someone may have passed a comment, like, breach or late. Do you remember what you said? No. You were like, feck off. I'm after milking a whole load of cows. Like, Basically, you had you had an excuse, so I was like, "Fair play." You know, we'd be starting to warm up. You'd be slightly late, but 
I mean, you had a morning's work done at that stage and we were training quite early on, on Sunday. It was probably nine, half nine, wasn't it? Half uh, nine or so. Yeah, half nine, ten kind of is what we'd always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretend in your head. Will. Yeah, but I suppose, do you know, as I said two, two things ago, I'm a creature of habit. I, like, it's probably the worst habit on someone, but I, I aim to be on time, not early. Yeah. And then I'm just always about 10 minutes late. Okay. So I, like, I definitely would be late for my own funeral. So, yeah. <laughs> Even though I was early for my wedding, I was on time for my wedding, which yeah. was strange. But um, yeah, like, I actually don't remember that now. I remember just, there's a really giving out to me one time. She was like, Bridge, is the smell of cold dung off you again? I was like, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was in a rush. I was running out the door. So yeah, yeah. it was constantly rushing. Sure, it was, it was great. You used to live out of your... Um boot there like the just you had everything in it and I think for a long time I'd say with five six nights a week you were probably just really living out of the boot bar did you sleep in the back of the car on a night out maybe you <laughs> <laughs> um, might have been to that alright we're yeah. talking about nights out later <laughs> the farm though does have some bittersweet memories for us when our legendary coach and leader Eamon Ryan passed away we came to the farm to form a guard of honour for his coffin as it was during COVID times, we couldn't attend the funeral. Do you think of Eamon when you go around the farm? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I suppose, you know, this this was the home for, for, for Carclays football when, when we were yeah. playing, I think. It really was. Um, and definitely you'd, you'd always think of Eamon and, you know, I suppose now that he's gone as well, like it, it makes it a little bit more sadder. Yeah. Um, I, we, we had a Christmas party there down at the Greyhound track over Christmas and I'd say the last time I actually drove down that road was when Eamon was there um, it, it, at the time of his funeral. Mm-hmm. I, it just gave me an awful lump in the throat. Yeah. Um, so like also, we were, we all decided to come and see the coffin off, wasn't it? Eamon Ryan was going from his home place down in Ballangary and we'd organised that it, it pass here so we could give him our send off from his home or our home um, and it was very poignant because yeah it was where we all just used to hang out three nights a week and not just hang out but we did a bit of training too <laughs> bit of soup and, and that in the dress rooms after on a Sunday like with Frankie and Elle but just reminiscing about that like and how how we had great times and yeah that was geez, that was sad not being able to even go to the funeral, but I think what we did was was really beautiful. Yeah, it was it was it was gorgeous, like in in a funny kind of way. But it was it was lovely to mark it, and like you know, I remember we were singing um, Caledonia as well when he was passing, and hardly any of us could sing because we had so many lumps in our throats. But we were trying our best, and yeah. you know, I suppose we all had just such huge respect for him. Um, yeah. And it's it's lovely to hear people talk so highly about him, um, and I, you know, sure we all know Val. He, you know, outside of football, he was very special to people as well. Like you know, yeah. he helped people when they needed help. You know, you knew you could always ring him, whether it was asking about a train session or, you know, I'm going up to a club here. Could you give me any ideas what I do with them? Or I know he helped people with grinds. He helped people with their personal lives, you know. And yeah. it was, he was really, really good to all of us. Like you know, what would you have asked him for? Was it that giving training sessions or tips? Is it? Or? Yeah, yeah. Or um, I suppose was it? I wasn't long after knowing I was trying to get back fit, and I had texted him like you know 
couple of weeks before he passed away that uh, what were the what were the tree track runs what were the times yeah. and stuff like that and he had texted him on to me and stuff like that so it was you know that was only a couple of weeks before he passed away so I knew you could always and then he'd be like do it in 30 seconds I was like I was like amen <laughs> I'd say no <laughs> and then well, you tried to do it on your own I would, I yeah, yeah, trying to get fit there now. Um, the Christmas is well and truly uh, over, so I'll get back onto the pitch there now and I'll uh, size them out and start them again. And that's your prep. Yeah, I'll every, try prep away for. What are you prepping for? Uh, I'll try and go back to football and come again again this year for just for just for club like yeah yeah okay. same vals um, and Cliddove. yeah same vals and Cliddove, yeah so um, yeah I'll get back on the back on the road and uh, see how it goes and look I suppose I'm getting older and things are harder so injuries are starting to catch up with me which is something I never had to worry about in my life Breach's ability to keep going at the highest level in two codes always fascinated me during the season she could be training five nights a week and then have two matches at the weekend. I asked her where that drive comes from. For a long time there, I used to be wondering how you how you just kept going, kept going. You know, that five, six nights a week getting into the boots and you still always had that appetite. Yeah, I suppose, look, being injury-free is half the battle. Look, all my life, I suppose, I was very active. Um, I suppose I always had active jobs outside of it. I would cycle everywhere. Yeah. Um, I just walk, 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 cycle to school, walk to school same at home um, I'd cycle to work to try and get fit so I suppose that was kind of um, that's you know that was kind of a natural fitness that stayed with me and I suppose then when I finished up I started working in the bank and I did a lot of driving um, and uh, I've been sitting on my arsons really to be honest <laughs> and Do you find you get injuries from that? Yeah I think you know I suppose it's from having the lads too maybe um, and So you have three kids? Yeah I have tr- yeah, three small lads uh, two boys and a girl um, so it could be from like I'd say it's a bit of everything, a bit yeah. of column A and column B, column C as well. Um, injuries, you know, like sitting at the desk and driving a car isn't ideal for any athlete, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then or anybody really, I suppose. Um, and then uh, I suppose having the leads and then wear and tear is always going to be there too. So yeah. So yeah. You had very interesting jobs, you know. I remember one of the T-shirts. What, what did your friends make before what all learned? Because you were stone mason. Yeah, so stone stone mason by day, stone mad by night. Do you, do, do you think that's fitting? No. Does the T-shirt fit? <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> yeah. You don't um, think that's fitting, no? Ah, uh, sure. Look, yeah, sure. I suppose. Look, I I I enjoy life. Um, I got the best I possibly could out of. G, um, you know, I really enjoyed playing it, and I took it serious when I was on the pitch. But the minute I walked off the pitch, then I just wanted to enjoy life, and you know, I did. I did my bit of travelling. Uh, I won the couple of matches. We won the couple of matches. Um, you know, yeah. So I suppose, and I still, you know, I have great memories, great friends out of it. And uh, sure, what more do you want? And I suppose, you know, I just definitely enjoy my. Uh, my uh, nights out after the matches and I suppose that's what I just love was just you know we used to always have to sing songs and the crack and that's what it's all about yeah, you know definitely. it's nice those, to have that memories and, and the friendships and the people you meet are, yeah because it isn't really about the medals but they're nice to, to get yeah sure I suppose like would we if we were losing would we have kept going or you know it's, it's kind of I, I often think of 
girls who kept playing and playing and playing and like Neve will say Neve Kinlan know from Monaghan like how yeah. she kept playing kept plugging at it and of course there's loads more like you know who never Louise won Louise yeah. you know um She's still, she's talking off for Kerry again this year. Like, to yeah. some credit her to keep going. Yeah. We always had momentum coming back. And yeah. I suppose, then, I am very competitive. There's no doubt about it. Like, I often think, I don't know how actual fit I was, but I'd be quite stubborn and quite competitive. I, if, you know, I wanted to keep going. I'll never forget that train session. Do you remember we went on holidays to, um, to Spain in 2006? Yeah. Lanzarote. Yeah. It was a train holiday. It was a train holiday, yeah. And she's uh, sure I'd put down a great winter and I hadn't been preparing myself properly either for championship or for, yeah, championship and stuff like that. So I'd been playing really poor during the league and I still had like my Christmas weight on me and this was in June, like, you know. <laughs> and uh, next thing anyway, um, we were doing those tree track runs. We did four of those tree track runs on the beach. Yeah, that sand, you couldn't oh. run through it. Like, it was slowing us all down. Do you remember we used to nearly go up to our knees at one point? Yeah. And I remember coming second last um, in the last two of them. And I, I was like, oh my God, I need a reality check here. Like, Well, that was it, this, was it? That was my reality check then. It was like, right, okay, it's time to get going. And I got, I was just so annoyed at myself, like, you know. So that is the competitive edge of me. You know, I know, I suppose, I'd like to think I know when it's time to take it to take it serious you know yeah, yeah. but you definitely are stubborn because I remember someone saying you couldn't like it sounds funny but like you couldn't stay off the drink or whatever and what did you end up doing oh yeah I went off it for more or less a year then yeah you're yeah. just like well I'll show you so that kind yeah. of reverse psychology worked quite well with you I think definitely and even like with it, I remember like um, like even Eamon knew how to like I remember we played Galway um played Galway in a league game it was Friday night down in Moore Nebby I'd say it was 2015 right. it was I think yeah and I was working hard like you know but I, I Eamon obviously knew there was more in me and uh, he, at half time anyway, he killed me he gave me a punch in the shoulder and he was like come on come on preach what are you doing out there you need to work harder and I was like oh <laughs> so <I was> <laughs> and that half. literally just like drove me on I was like right I need to drive on from here and I, I actually kind of kept it in my head you know all all the time I kept it in my head I was like right okay like, Was that your motivation so is that what like where you got your desire from like remembering those things to kind of go right I'll prove that wrong Yeah yeah it was always the way um, like I remember in 2016 um, uh, Cora Staunton said that um, we're a very vulnerable team now because Valerie Mulcahy and Eamon Ryan are gone from from the setup and they're huge losses and obviously of course you were huge losses to us um, but I remember just thinking right we really need now to like drive on and prove them prove her wrong you know yeah. and I know she's probably going to kill me if she ever hears this or whatever but it was just that's my psychology that's what I held on to yeah. uh, for the year so you know if I if you know if I wasn't you know, coming first in in the runs or something like that or you know up no, the top of the be, runs but Breeze, you up, up always top, were yeah. that's why I'm saying like yeah. I think your determination and your s- stubbornness in the best possible way because you have really you've really used it to a positive effect so you you going on to I could put you out onto the starting line of a marathon and I would guarantee that you'd finish it you'd, you might have to crawl over the line if you got injured but I know you would finish it that's how I always saw you yeah. like that when you went out on that pitch 
you would give it everything. You mightn't have felt you were the most prepared or you mightn't have been the most prepared, but crossing that line, if you're with me on that team and I'm looking back, I know you're going to give everything. Yeah, yeah. Except well, that I, Galway match when, when, yeah, I, when, when I wasn't doing great. <laughs> when I think of Breed, one of the things that comes to mind straight away is work rate. Breed was one of the hardest workers on our team, if not the hardest, and always gave everything every time she put on a Cork jersey. In typical modest Breed style, she says that she wasn't the best hurler or footballer, so she had to work extra hard to keep her place on the team. We all know I wasn't the most skillful at footballer Camogie, so I kind of knew this was this was what I needed to do to to stay on the team, or yeah. do you know things like that? Like if I wasn't very fit, like I wouldn't have probably made the team. You know, that yeah. kind of way. Because I suppose I was a limited footballer, limited hurler. So that's what I needed to... That was my best asset, was my work yeah. rate. When did yeah. you realise that, say? That that was like, this will get me on the team and this will keep me on the team. And this is my forte that I'm bringing to the team. That that hard work and that relentlessness up and down the pitch and carrying the ball. When, when would you realise that or did someone tell you that? Um, I'd say 2006, really. I think my fitness came really natural to me. And I don't know, maybe when I was younger, playing with the boys at home, like, or, you know, even playing in the garden with the brothers and sisters, like, you know. All of them. All of them. You'd be, like, I used to be more battered and bruised after those matches than I used to be from, from club games or yeah. county games. But, you know, you just had to fight your way. You know, I was the second youngest of 10. I had to, to fight my way. And I suppose maybe that's how I held on to it. And I think maybe 2006 was a real eye-opener for me. Um, was this the final against Armagh the whole championship? Just, you know, I in 2006 I didn't come back in good shape and I wasn't in shape till I got dropped for the quarter-final. Okay, uh, got dropped for the semi-final. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where that were was, they now, remind me? They were, we played... Um, Played Mayo anyway in the quarter final. Okay. And we played. Did we play Galway in the semi? Yes. Oh, and then we played Armagh in the final then. And you played And I started right. the final. Yeah. 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 But just about like, um, I started cornerback. But that was the real eye opener of, okay, you need to work hard. And I remember even that winter, I was like, right, I even went to the gym and I did a lot of spinning that winter because yeah. I was like, okay, you need to. You just cut yourself on. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of, I actually remember having that as well. I was t- taken off in a match and I was like, okay, I'm not going to let m- myself get into this position again. I'm going to have to just work harder. And it gets you to refocus and, and just look at it yourself and a bit of self-reflection. So it's effective, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But I suppose it's a learning curve too. Like, yeah. And uh, I suppose Amo was very good to kind of get that psyche into of you're here for the team. Uh, you do the best you can do. And we all have different assets. And do you know, I'd say, Val, to be, aren't we fierce lucky? Like the panel we were with and uh, the girls that were with us. And, you know, like I think we'll say Juliet was a huge leader. Leader, like, wasn't she? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And then all the players, like, the players were all leaders. Like, if someone stood up every day. That was know? it. Yeah. Like, it's true. Um, whether to be yourself or whether to be Deirdre Riley or Breed or Angela, Rena, it didn't matter. Sure, like, yeah. your, everyone did their piece. Like, you know, I often think like um, Narita Kelly did some amount of work. Yeah. Um, 
and it was kind of unseen work, you know. Yeah. Um, but not by us, you see, that's oh, the we, thing. We, yeah, we I saw think it, yeah. we all recognised it in the team and we all knew who was given 100% and but it, maybe outside it wasn't as clear as north because yeah. you know the forwards get the limelight or whatever they're also the first to be taken off things aren't yeah. going well I will admit <laughs> don't think you realise that pressure Breach and I were featured in Dermot McCarthy's book Game of My Life where we spoke about the biggest game in our careers we both went for our win over Dublin in the 2014 All-Ireland Final but a passage in her chapter caught my eye so would you always have listened to your captain yeah I would have yeah I think so <laughs> Well, now I am just going to refer to oh, no. it, it was just uh, no, no. This is just um, very interesting when I uh, was reading on Game of My Life. So in your oh excerpt, no, is this where uh, Juliet told me not to? <laughs> I was just listening back. Oh, this is good. I, I get inside Breeze's head. Yeah. So yeah, we were a point ahead, heading towards the end of the 2013 All Ireland final against Monaghan when I got the ball. Juliet Murphy roared at me to hold possession. In my own head, I was like, feck it, get out, get it up the other end of the field and away from the danger zone. Do you want to actually read that piece there, look? No, feck I it. don't. No. Well, how would you have said it yourself? <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, Tell I'm okay about that. Do you normally defy order, you know? Order, do you normally defy order? Uh, well, I think, you know, I suppose you try and play what you think is ahead of you, like and and that was what Eamon always allowed us to do was play ahead of us, like yeah. you know he never roared from he like you rarely hear Eamon telling you how to play the ball from the sideline very rarely you know and I think he allowed us to be ourselves and I distinctively remember Juliet saying it to me and I was like we are way too close to the goals like you know and then I lost the ball. <laughs> And was that when Rita had to make a... Yeah, so they took... Or she then decided to make a tackle, was it? Uh, it was um, McAnally, um Oh, my God. Not Grania McAninelly, the other sister. Kira. She's oh. Scott, no. What's her name? Um, oh, my God. This part definitely have to be edited, no. Um, oh, there was Katrina McConnell. Trey Scott. Here. Okay. Oh, she was Trace McAnally, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Trace McAnally um, dispossessed me on the on our their forty five yard line, right? And uh, they got a, they took a quick free, and uh, she actually got on the other end of the ball, and she had took t- was just about to take Reen on, and next thing Reen just clipped her, and brought her down, and uh, they won a twenty one yard free. Twenty one yard free. Yeah, it was just outside. Okay. Well, maybe not. It was just thirty yards, I'd say. Uh I'm telling you, there was some old Hail Marys played on the line that day. This was Katrina McDonald took the free yeah, and missed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was further out than the 21, wasn't it? Or was uh, it I'd say it was about 30, I'd say. it was, was kind it, of... Think, was it yeah. further out? But yeah. it's like, she, like, it, it went well over, we'll say, distance but not wise, distance wise. Yeah, so I'd say it was maybe 35 yards out, maybe yeah, or something. And Katrina, good old I remember just praying. And then on my other side, I was like, right, it's okay, Bridge. If it goes to replay, I think we'll beat them. I, we're definitely better than them. Like, we just didn't play to our potential out today. And, yeah, we'll be fine. And then, she, I suppose, you know, thankfully, thankfully for us, for me. You know, I, and it's funny how that, it, like, that always stands out to me, that, like, I suppose, you know, again, it may be a learning curve, not listening to your, you know, better judgment, like, listening to someone else with better judgment or something. And, you know, if we lost that game, I would have, you know, definitely, definitely put it on my shoulders. There's no doubt about that. And, uh 
But yeah. we never we never would have blamed each other, but I think we all actually took the blame so much ourselves that we were that kind of people, aren't we? Oh, definitely. I like I remember in 20 2016 was it? Um, Breedstack, we 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 won, and Breedstack was so upset. I was like, "What's wrong?" And she was like, um, "I nearly lost the aim for us." And like, we yeah, won, yeah, but we won. Like it's okay. <laughs> but you know, it, you know, sh- that's how much we took it to heart. And yeah. but we I had those high what, standards too, though, it, like that yeah. we weren't happy if we messed up. It was kind of almost like a perfectionism, kind of like. And I think you just feel you left everyone else down. Like, you know, um, like there's so many memories I could have had, uh, but that, that's one I learned I remember most because I made a boo-boo, like, you know. Yeah, so like in all the successes you've had, you're going back to the mistake you made. Isn't it mad how we do that? Yeah, yeah. But I suppose, yeah, like it was just... A, so if I was uh, to yeah. say a positive one, so if I was to say pick the match where you excelled and you just have the best memory of... What would it be? Um, I suppose 2014. Yeah. Like that win, I suppose, coming from 10 points down in an Ireland final with 17 minutes to go. We looked dead and buried. People had walked out of the stadium. Um, it was just something else. Like, you captain that year? Yeah. Do you, I, know what, do you know what I heard? You were saying people walked out of the stadium. So there was one person relayed this to me. They were watching the match. They changed channel. They... We're watching the six o'clock news and next thing Breach Cork who was lifting the cup. And they're like, Oh, that must be like last year or something. I mean Cork hardly won it. No way. And we yeah, they hadn't watched the end of the match and they were like, Oh, that was that was last year and even the news <laughs> they couldn't believe that that we'd managed to, to come around. That I actually always mad. smiled with that match because I just I just loved it. I think that just showed our character and our backs were to the wall. And to be honest, there was a stage when I thought, we're done, we need to actually make this respectable. We are going out. In all that we've done, we're going out in this way. Like with 10 points down, getting annihilated by Dublin, a team that we had huge rivalry with. Yeah. And we hadn't even even played well. Like we had like... Well, we were playing okay, but we'd missed loads. Like we and we did on such silly mistakes, like you know, real nervous mistakes. I think yeah. you know, and I think that was the big thing about us. Well, our bar two thousand seven. I don't think we ever performed properly in an Ireland final. Two thousand seven was against Kerry. Mayo. Oh, Mayo. Yeah, do you remember? I thought like, we did well against Kerry because we we won well twelve yeah. points to seven. No? But so go yeah. on the Mayo one. The, the Mayo one, oh geez, I remember that game. Every player was flawless, nearly. Go on, was I, yeah. was I ten out of ten? <laughs> yeah, didn't you get? Didn't you get two penalties? Or did you score two penalties that day? Um, In Mayo, do you remember Narita got the? That was two thousand and pulled down. <laughs> that was two thousand five. No, the was, first All Ireland when Narita got injured, and she did a cruciate, and I because I remember because I had to wait to take the penalty for was five that minutes. I was standing seven? over. No, it's the first penalty I ever took in Cobrack. 2005. But we played Galway and that, that was the penalty for the Galway match. But, but Mayo, you, took, you took a penalty from Mayo as well? I did, yeah. That w- but did Rita also Yeah, that was that, that was Narita, me? yeah. yeah. Good one, Narita. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, was that the one? So, yeah, I think I got a hat-trick in that game. Yeah, I think you might yeah, have. Actually, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, minute, yeah. So... 
Yeah, that was actually that game, complete performance. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you ever get like these uh, moments where you just remember like uh, through a match, like, and I remember against um, against Mayo that day, I was soloing up the line, and I soloed it wrong, but it actually hit off my shoulder, <laughs> and I was able, to, I brought it back into control. I was like, ooh. <laughs> Don't ever try that again, Bridge, because it'll never work. But uh, that was cool. <laughs> I remember it. Oh my god, yeah. I so yeah, I you think were actually watching the highlights down in Beira. Yes, yes, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that that weekend. Yeah, Laura Mack and myself uh, enjoyed that that night time in Beira too. What happened? Do you remember we had a good we had a good old uh, bit of crack in Beira. Yeah, we were staying in the same. Yeah, we stayed in the, the nightclub. We were yes, yeah, so we we're in the nightclub. Yeah, uh, people left. To find the nightclub, <laughs> and they were in the nightclub. <laughs> they left to find the, yeah. the, the bedrooms, and they were actually upstairs. Upst- there, that's yeah. right. They went to yeah. find, yes, they went to find the hotel. The hotel, yeah, yeah. There's um, all this stuff with that. We won't talk. Yeah, about. I was just going to say this is off air. <laughs> okay, but don't go there. So if you're not comfortable, she's I better not. No. <laughs> so tell me about. <laughs> that brings an end to part one of our chat with the legend that is Breach Corkery. We talked so much we couldn't keep our conversation to just one episode. So join us again next week for more stories and laughs with one of the biggest heroes in Irish sport. Do you ever get called something different? Because I've been called Breach Corkery. I've been called Breach Stack. I've been called <laughs> Maddie Thurs, a names. Um, do you ever get mistaken for better? Oh, myself and Rena always have a laugh off this. I'd be called Rena Lodes. And then I, I like... Uh, then I'd be called Breed Stack. I'm like, jeez, this is great, lads. <laughs> Were you ever called me? Um, or is it more wh- the opposite way? Did I text you there about a year ago to say that someone called me you, I'm sure? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. So. It's nearly always Rena. Yeah. Um, and like, I'd say me and Rena couldn't look anyway, like, like yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hear Me Roar was presented by me, Valor Mackay, and produced and edited by Rory O'Hagan for Cork's Red FM. Music was by the wonderful Jack O'Rourke. Thanks to my friends at mygames.ie who created a beautiful memento for each of my special guests. Gorev Magot as Clusa Hurt Dominov agus beg me kind live Kalua. Slán. Oh, how good was that? How could you not listen to that and just smile and laugh along with Valerie and with Breeze Corkery? It's just brilliant stuff and really looking forward to part two, which will be on the show next Sunday. And this Henry Roar series has been absolutely fantastic. They're all available in our podcast. We just search for Big Red Bench and I just go back over the last couple of Sundays and you'll get them all there. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff and really, really good stuff there with Breej um, right second part to come next week uh, going to get a full time report before we wrap up from Tottenham's win over West Ham nice little bit mate Spurs moved into the top four after upping their game in the second half left wing back Ben Davis set up right wing back Emerson Royale for the opener on 56 15 minutes later second half substitute Hyung Min Son slotted in the second after he was put through by Harry Kane West Ham never looked like getting back in the game once they'd gone behind and they stay in the relegation zone it finished Spurs 2 West Ham 0 Alright that is it from us tonight thanks very much indeed for tuning in to us on the Big Red Bench delighted as always to have your company here on Cork's Red FM every Saturday and Sunday from 6pm we'll be back next weekend follow us on social media the podcast from tonight will be online short if you've missed any of the show redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts the wonderful Mags Blackburn is up next with three hours of the very very best in Irish music on green and red. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night, folks. We'll talk to you soon. 
missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM.